I'm Aaron Schachter. This is The World. This week in Washington, the likes of Elton John and Bill Gates are mingling with AIDS activists and scientists from around the world at the 19th International AIDS Conference. The mood has been upbeat. Many say there's a sense of progress in the fight against HIV. But on the other side of the world, about a thousand sex workers are holding a parallel AIDS conference in protest. U.S. law restricts sex workers from entering the country, and those who've gathered in the Indian city of Kolkata say they want an end to that discrimination. Most AIDS experts believe including sex workers in discussions of HIV prevention is essential if the epidemic is to be stemmed. The BBC's Rahul Tandon is in Kolkata. Rahul, tell us where you are right now. I'm in Sonagachi, the red light district of Kolkata. There's around 8,000 sex workers who live and earn their money here. I'm just walking through the streets at the moment. I can see some of them clad in their saris in front of me. You can probably hear some of the cars that are bringing clients coming down the road as we speak. And many of the women from here in the daytime have been at the sex workers conference where they've been joined by almost 150 sex workers from 42 countries across the globe. Because the simple fact is they're supposed to be in Washington, D.C. for the big AIDS conference there. But because of their profession, because they're sex workers, they found it difficult to get visas to get into the state. So they said, if you're not going to welcome us, we're going to have our own conference somewhere where we are welcomed. And it's happening here in Kolkata. Now, Rahul, as you say, there's a lot of anger among the delegates at the United States, uh, as I understand it. You heard from one transgender rights activist, Lakshmi Narayan Tripathi. Let's hear what she had to say. The disappointing issue for me is that when the U.S. claims it's one of the biggest powers, democracies, so where you're not treating people with dignity. You shouldn't be bothered about what the profession of the person is. Now, now that law we were talking about that restricts prostitutes from entering the country was drawn up in part to prevent the trafficking of sex slaves. Uh, I, I mean, a, a noble beginning, at least, no? Obviously, obviously. And I, and I think, you know, everybody who is here at this conference, the sex workers, are, are, are against trafficking. But I think one of the points that has struck me the most about this is, is what they say is, look, you know, you have two types of sex workers. You have those who are trafficked and those who are forced into it. Which sex workers here, and they're from across the world, claim are a minority. And then you have the other sex workers, the ones that are here at the conference, who say, look, this is a choice that we made. I mean, I've spoken to sex workers from Africa, from Europe, from India, from across Southeast Asia, and they say it is a job for them. It is a profession. It is an industry. They say just as people go to work in any other form of life, sex for them is their work. You know, and people should look at it in that way, and that is why it needs to be decriminalized, because what a lot of them say is, if it was decriminalized, there would be a set of rules and regulations that were set up, and the biggest problem, particularly in Africa, is that men who visit women for sex basically will not wear condoms, and that is why we're still seeing the spread of AIDS and HIV in that part of the world. I've spoken to, to sex workers, male, female, you know, transsexuals, who say that unless it's legalized, the epidemic that we see in parts of Africa will continue and will grow. And as you mentioned, you have some voices from delegates at this parallel AIDS conference. Uh, let's take a listen to those. I got involved in the sex industry when I was 22. I'm now 28, and hopefully I'll be involved in the sex industry for many years to come. I've done jobs that I've found soul-destroying, 
they, they, and they weren't sex work jobs. Sex work was a choice that I made to do, and I made it knowing that it would cause problems for me in the future as I grew up and as I got older and as people knew what my background was. But I didn't see that as being my problem. You know, Rahul, it seems obvious why it's vital to include sex workers in the effort to stem the global HIV epidemic. Um, But it seems it's not just in the U.S. where they still face stigma and exclusion, yeah? Absolutely. I think you talk to any sex worker who comes from any particular part of the world, and of course they all face stigma. You know, the gentleman that you heard from there at the end, uh, the conversation you didn't hear was when I asked him, does your father know what you do? And he said straight away no, and he could never, ever tell them. So that stigma exists. It's going to continue to exist. The sex trade is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, profession. It has always been there. But I think what the sex workers are trying to say, and and certainly the message that is coming out from Calcutta is, look, we don't need saving. We don't need your pity. We certainly don't want any saviors. We just want to be able to take our place in society much more difficult in reality than it sounds when we say those few simple words. But I think the feeling here is that they're beginning a new international movement that in a way not, getting, not being allowed into Washington has given them a stimulus that they're going to try and move on the issue of decriminalization. And as one of them said to me, listen, we don't care what people think. We earn more than most people. We earn more than you, one of them said to me. We just want to be able to buy health care, give our kids a decent education. Whether that's going to happen, you know, as you said, it's extremely difficult. But the one thing you can say for certain is the sex workers who are here in Calcutta, they're going to give it a try. Mm. You know, I, I think part of the problem is it's hard to believe um, that, that this is a choice for, it, for the workers, you know? It is. And <clears throat> yeah, I, I fully understand that. And, I, I, you know, when I'm speaking to them... Myself, and I've spoken to 30, 40 of them this week, you sort of th- sit there and think at the back of your mind, is it really a choice? You seem to get into it at a very, very young age. But as I suppose with anybody who's in a profession, you have to accept what they're saying. And, and the majority of them here say, we're happy selling sex. It puts money on the table for us. We can earn more money doing this than we can do in other walks of life. And it's something that we want to do. What's so wrong with it? It's our body. What we decide to do with that body is up to us. Um, and I suppose that what the question that you have just pointed out there is the most difficult one for sex workers to overcome because even when they, they may well be doing something out of choice, that feeling we have at the back of our mind is that, that it isn't, that they're being forced into it because probably deep down, you know, most people still have this perception that it, it's something wrong. But uh, it's, it's a fascinating debate. It's an interesting one. It's one that's going to continue, as you said. The reality is the stigma that's been there for, with sex workers for generations, for thousands and thousands of years, is not going to change overnight. But as they begin to mobilize themselves politically, I think their voice is at least in certain parts of the world being heard. The BBC's Rahul Tandon spoke to us from Kolkata, India. He's in the red light district there called Sonagachi. It's where global sex workers are holding a parallel AIDS-HIV conference. Rahul, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you.